The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to be inspired, uplifted, and motivated to greatness? It's time for Star Style. Be the star you are. With your effervescent personal growth coaches, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and health specialist, Heather Brittany. Define your vision, discover your passion, and design your future in this power-packed hour of life-changing talk radio. Featuring authors and success experts dedicated to helping you achieve the results you deserve. Be entertained, edutained, encouraged, and empowered. Smile, have fun, and celebrate you. Explore your potential and embrace your possibilities with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on Star Style. Be the star you are, starting right now. We're together again. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to Radio's Finest Hour of Power. It's Be the Star You You Are, a program of positive book talk. With me, Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Rainey. And we are so happy to be your personal growth success coaches with you on the airwaves every week. The Miracle Moment is brought to you by the Ninth National Essay Contest based on benevolence and kindness. For more information, visit btsya.org. And this is from James Michener. If a man happens to find himself, he finds a mansion which he can inhabit with dignity all of his days of his life. I think that one's a really a true one. It's like get to know thyself, right? Because we are everything that we need to be. In today's second segment, our author guest is the book, As Sick as Our Secrets. It will be Dr. Stephen Farber, who was one of the top respected cardiologist in Woodlands, Texas, and then in a blink of an eye, he was literally on his knees, both in desperation and grief. We're going to talk about his addictions and his struggle for recovery, for his not only his reputation, but for his life. And then as we're nearing the holidays in our T for Two Health Matters, Heather is going to show us how to give gifts without going into debt. And boy, do we all need that. And then when we think of fruitcake, we're gonna, we always think of Christmas, right? But either positive or negative. So I'm gonna share you the farmer's fruit inside the cake. And I'm gonna walk you through a garden winter wonderland. That's in segment three. So a big show today. Lots of holiday spirit as well. Well, okay, Heather, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it is, it's the end of the year. Sometimes if you're with a big company, you're going to get a bonus or you're going to get a little time off or you're going to get some gifts. The malls seem to be packed. Shoppers are everywhere. Credit cards are being whipped out in a nanosecond. But today's economic crunch, can we really afford to be shopping the way we are? Because we'll definitely be dropping 
or can we give dis, uh, gifts? Can we give gifts without breaking the bank? So how how can we make a holiday of gift giving and not go into debt? Yeah, well, it's crazy. I feel like from the end of summer until January 1st, it's just nonstop holidays. And I feel like before you're even finished with your Thanksgiving dinner, the lights are going up. Everyone's talking about Black Friday, all the sales, all the deals. Are you ready for the holidays? All this kind of things that, as you, you stated before, is um, it's definitely, I mean, I think, you know, everyone's always trying to watch their budget, but in the last 10 years, the economy has definitely gone to a different time. Um, that's why sales have been in, increasing and, and certain days are the best, but you might not have that giant cash flow um, the day after Thanksgiving. So I just want to give up some kind of tips in helping, you know, maneuver people through this hectic season. So when it gets right down to it, um, the whole thing you know, with Christmas and holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you may think, is celebrating each other. It's coming together. I feel truly at my age, I've gotten to that point where there really is nothing I want anymore. When I was little, you know, I'd make my giant list of Santa, and there were, you know, astronomical. Santa was spending a lot, you know, of all the things I wanted and this and that. But I think when you're at an older age, um, now I'm not living in an area where my family lives. The greatest gift is getting to come home with my family. There is no um, actual item that I need, especially now as an adult. I feel if I need it, I want it. And a lot of times that comes into gift-giving problems is that it becomes more difficult as we get older purchasing gifts for people because they're at that stage they see something they just want it. They don't wait till you know, Christmas. They're not making their lists or things like that. You know, I wanted to jump in there because I really agree with that. I was just actually telling uh, a teller in the bank who was agonizing over Christmas and holiday gift giving that I find that it's so difficult to give gifts to adults unless they're getting married or having a baby shower and they're registered somewhere. Because otherwise, do we just end up giving people junk or just more crap to put on their shelves? Because most people, if you want it, you buy it, (laughs) you know, because it's really nice to be able to know what people really want and give them something they, they, you know, that is useful as opposed to just more clutter. Yeah, well, I think, you know, what happens is a big thing, as with all things. We don't think about the immediate consequence. We go out for the night. We don't worry about the hangover the next day. The same thing when it comes to holiday shopping. A lot of times we're putting everything on credit card. We're buying, we're buying, we're buying, and we're not worrying about it because when we're putting it on that plastic card, you know, we're not seeing that instant deduction. Come a couple weeks later, the first of the year, oh, my gosh, you're looking at what damage you've done. And I'm really big about, I don't think you should just get a gift just to give it. Um, my sister-in-law, actually, I was struggling over what to get my brother. I feel like he's a man that has everything, and if he wants something, he just gets it. And I was telling her, you know, asking for ideas, and and she was really big in saying, like, you know, I really hate that about the holidays, that people feel like they need to get something for someone, and even if it's a junk so I really, I, I'm not going to give it out here, but what my fiancé and I, we decided on what was going to be a special gift and actually that we're like, this is going to have more meaning than anything else could. But I think, you know, it's a, a big thing. People are in, where we kind of get ourselves into money issues is we feel this need, we have to get something, and we end up, you know, maybe possibly getting junk. It's just going to sit in the garage for another year. That at the moment, it's, thank you, it's not something they're craving, they're wanting. So it's really kind of sitting down and seeing what to get. Um, the first thing, you know, when it comes to holiday debt, 
um, and kind of getting good, getting, you know, meaningful gifts and maneuvering yourself so after the holidays you're not stuck in any kind of gift, um, is starting a budget early. I think, you know, each paycheck, manage, you know, there's always all of these different sales in the air, and we try to say, and currently since I'm engaged, we have a, a little wedding fund going that we're, we keep putting money into. And that's to know that, you know, towards the end of the year when we have to start paying for things is to pay for this wedding. The same thing when it goes to budgeting, how people say, okay, we're going to have a fund where this amount of money goes into, you know, this is a trip fund or this is for utilities. Start to make, put $50 away each month. By the end of the year, that would leave you, if you started in January, that would leave you with $600. You can do a lot with $600. Also, allotting out how much for each person and what. And the great things is going to those living socials, those group bonds. So I personally am not a big in-person shopper. I like to do things online and the privacy of my own home and being in stores. I just, I just don't like that clutter. And, you know, I want to jump in there, too, as you're saying, doing shopping online, is if you are a person that does shopping online, I would like to suggest to you that you go to a, one of the websites where you can get discounts on shopping and at the same time they make a donation to uh, charity. And, of course, we'd love to have you make the choose Be the Star You Are as the charity. But you can go to igive.com forward slash B-T-S-Y-A or you can go to goodsearch.com and uh, you can choose Be the Star You Are or you choose your own charity or you can go to givebackamerica.com. And all of these sites here, they offer you discounts. You, the consumer, pay nothing more, and a percentage goes to uh, the charity of your choice. And what's interesting is that every single day, there's something like 3,000 retail stores on there, absolutely everything you can think of. So I just uh, had to I, throw that in there, Heather, for people who really are online. Definitely. No, I had done that last year. And it was so funny. I had done, uh, I had bought stuff, I think, via Amazon. And it's so funny, I think, because I, I think it was something like a penny or 10 cents of each dollar I was spending or something. And so it ended up being like, of all my sales, you know, like $5 or something went towards Be the Star You Are. But it was still good. Even though $5 is $5, it's huge. Um, and I, I mean, if you I'm, think about if a hundred people did five dollars, that's five hundred dollars. You know, I mean, it's not a whole lot as per individual, but it adds up. So you, you know, it just depends how many people decide to do it. Completely, and that's exactly. And and I think you know that's a really big thing in this holiday time. Um, another way to stay out of debt, and also as we're gearing up to. Um, the new year of trying to get in all those extra little tax write-offs before is doing something towards a charity um, or donating. Not only I, I feel personally right now, there's so few things I need. You know, are, they're not needs. They're things I want, and I really, you know, I, I rationalize that I can purchase these myself. Um, there's a good kind of feeling of when you donate, especially in this holiday time, you can donate in in someone else's name. You can. Give to a charity. Give to, you know, if you have a friend who's super into the environment, or what, you can donate to, you know, I'm making this up, but like trees.org and do it, you know, this is $50 in the name of, you know, John Doe towards their favorite charity. That way you're doing something that's meaningful for someone else. You're getting yourself a tax write-off for when that's are so essential towards tax time. Um, and it's a meaningful gift. It's helping others. 
And I, I think that's a, a really big thing. That there's just so much, um, you know, reward back when it comes to that. Uh, I think also a big thing, uh, it, it, you know, the, the verdict's kind of out on it, but I'm definitely more support of putting things on credit card than cash. For me personally, I know when I spend cash, I'm more frivolous with it because there isn't, I, I don't have to look at a statement after I have all this cash that I'm just spending. I think it's better to know, but truly know your credit cards. Know how much is on it. Know what your interest is. Always pay everything off in full. The good thing about paying things on credit cards is a lot of times, um, because it is a competitive market now, so many credit cards offer new um, you know, 5% cash back or, or little incentives that if you shop at this store, you get bonuses and and that's good, and that way you also always have a money trail. If there's any kind of issue, the gift you get is broken. It's not what you were expecting. Um, it's defective. It never arrives. By paying in credit card, you actually have a money trail because when in cash, there's, it's very difficult to get your money back if there's an issue. When it's credit card, you can confront the company, so you're going to stop payment, and if they will not refund it to your credit card, you can personally contact your credit card company, and they will cancel the payment. They will take care of it. Um, and so I think that's really good that it, it washes out for your back as well as um, you, know, you can earn little things. And the same thing, too, when another... I like that so much better, too, because it really is keeps good records. And if you... The keeping good records is part of being organized, which is probably a goal for everyone for the new year. But I think it makes you more accountable. So that's a really good tip. And I think also, you know, something important in this time, if you can't, you can't. Gone are the days where you give gifts to everyone. Um, I think now it's just you really just do immediate family, people that are special. And then I think for other people, find creative ways. Um, it, you know, something interesting that, like, your mailman, I know in my previous work at Christmas time, we would always give the UPS and the mailman and, um, you know, people that would come into our clinic, you know, various little gifts because, uh, interesting enough, mail, they, they can't receive, a, you know, a gift card. They can't receive any cash money. There's, there's a weird kind of, you know, government thing for that. But you could give them chocolates or you can make something or a bottle of wine. You know, that's so funny because I do, I still give, I, we, I mail every single day, um, to, through the post office for the charity, right? Today we just sent off several cases of books for Operation Hurricane Sandy. And there are about six post people, and every year I bring them in a package of goodies, and they really appreciate it because it's so amazing how people don't do that, whether it's homemade cookies or, you know, a basket of fruit, or last year I did coffees and teas you know so it's it's very thoughtful i think to do something simple and from the heart that just says i care yeah and that's something i mean really during the holiday times the thing is put your creative juices to the max and even if you don't think you're creative there's so many i've just become such a huge fan of martha stewart's living simple kind of stuff and it has such so many craft ideas and so many, and there's something i think it's so neat and so fun when you give someone a gift Telling them, I made this, I made this especially for you, it really shows you off as a person, but it makes someone feel really special that you, beyond, you know, everyone loves a store-bought thing, but that something you handmade and that you made with the intention just for them, I think, feels so special. And you can do cute little things, too. You know, for a couple, you can make those little coupons or even, for, you know, this is for babysitting for your kids or house cleaning or the... You know, you can do cute, creative things at this time. People really don't need things. 
Um, I think, you know, especially this time of year, we reflect back on our health and our family, and we realize all these beautiful, gorgeous, wonderful items we have, we can't take with us when we're gone. It's the memories. It's the things that people do. It's the loving ship of your neighbors and your family and friends. So really, you know, make those gifts of, you know, write very sincere cards to people, um, letting them know how they've influenced your life. Make them something. Plan a day. Say, you know, this is good. You know, instead of a gift, I want to take a day where we're going to go to the beach and we'll go get drink. You know, plan a special day with something really where someone really kind of emphasize what the holidays are about. It's, it's going beyond Santa Claus and beyond, you know, the, the gift-giving. It's really sharing these moments, sharing these family moments with friends or family, whatever it may be. And um, those are just kind of ways of, I think, for yourself, making you feel better. There's well, so I like it, Heather, as it. always. Thank you. We're, yep, we're out of time, as we always are. And these are really... These are really heartfelt tips because I do find it's really difficult. And I know one thing, you know, growing up, because we grew up on the farm, we always gave homemade gifts and always, and then usually it was accompanied by walnuts and persimmons and pomegranates and, you know, those kinds of fruits and dried fruit, that kind of thing. And very often we would give, uh, because we'd be encouraged by the church, you know, to give a mass or to give a blessing or that kind of thing. So if for all of you out there, Consider, if, you, if for the people who have everything, consider giving to charity. We hope that you'll give to Be The Star You Are. You can donate at bethestaryouare.org or btsya.org. Well, Heather, another great segment. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we come back from break, we're going to be interviewing Dr. Steve Farber. And his book is As Sick as Our Secrets. We're going to share in his astonishing double life. So don't you dare go away. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Bittney. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the Whenever a natural disaster occurs, Be The Star You Are charity mobilizes to get books, DVDs, videos, games, and other resources to the victims through our Operation Disaster Relief Program. With the terrible devastation caused by Hurricane Sandy, Be The Star You Are has launched Operation Hurricane Sandy Relief to ship resources to the East Coast. You can make a difference in the lives of someone in need. Make a donation today. It's Kids Helping Kids. Be The Star You Are is collaborating with Angels of God that is a non-profit founded by our 15-year-old Express Yourself teen reporter and co-host Caitlin Darrow. Angels of God will distribute all the resources collected and ship them to the facilities to the residents in need. Visit www.btsya.org. That website again is www.btsya.org. And thanks for your support. Everyone counts. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. 
get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are the Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and motivated to greatness with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Turn up the volume. Tune in to the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, back to the program with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. You'll find all you need. Well, we have you on our radar. We want to reveal to you that dreams do come true because you have the power. We're going to fix what's broken, heal what hurts, and we're going to help you become the person you were born to be. Thanks for staying tuned to Star Style. Be the star you are. I am your personal growth host, Cynthia Bryan. And don't forget to make a donation to Be the Star You Are charity at btsya.org. We are working to help the families that were suffering from Hurricane Sandy. It's Operation Hurricane Sandy Disaster Relief. Go to btsya.org. You can watch the video and feel free to make a contribution of any amount to help those. Well, it seemed as if one moment Dr. Stephen Farber was on top of the world. He was at the top of his career as a respected cardiologist in Texas. And then in the blink of an eye, he was literally desperate and grieving and in despair. He was leading a double life, kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, until an intervention took place that saved his life, his family, and those around him. Dr. Farber chronicles his downfall and his rise of hope in his gripping new book, As Sick as Our Secrets. He's with us today. Welcome, Dr. Farber, to be the star you are. Thank you for the courage to come share your journey with us. Well, thank you for having me on the air, Cynthia. It's my pleasure. Well, As Sick as Our Secrets was a real eye-opener, I think, for me as well, because the general public has this perceived 
notion of physicians as a type of God. And interestingly enough, many doctors begin to believe this of themselves as well, I think. So you were an acclaimed cardiologist. You had enormous pressures on you, yet you you loved what you were doing and you loved helping people and healing people until one day a pharmaceutical rep introduced you to what was described as a non-addictive drug. What happened and how far did you fall? Well, Cynthia, what happened uh, uh, was tragic, not only for myself, but also for everybody around me. Uh, the Back in the 1980s, a uh, drug company uh, left a stock bottle of Xanax in my office. And at that time, you know, leaving these types of bottles was very common. Uh, they were, I was told at the time that it was a drug that was very safe, non-addicting, and was excellent for anxiety. Uh, having gone through many years of anxiety and stress and, and dealing with, uh, you know, working 15 hours a day in, in very, very uh, tense situations, I decided to try it on myself. I was my own guinea pig. And within a matter of a few weeks, I found myself needing these pills to cope with everyday life. And the more I took, the more I needed. Uh, developed a, a significant tolerance, significant tolerance to them, and they began to take over my life. So, the, and this is a prescription drug, which is a legal drug. Yet, this whole topic of Xanax, I, I know so many people who had sort of like um, it's almost a joke. And may I call you Steve, or do you want to be called Doctor Farber? Yeah, Steve is fine. Oh, Cynthia. Steve is fine. Okay, great. Okay, because I think that we're rather personal here on this show, and we're sharing intimate things, so we're, we'll be on first name. So it's interesting how Xanax has become one of those things. Oh, you're stressed out? Well, pop a Xanax. But the reality is you you have said that one person dies every 19 minutes from prescription drugs. What is this epidemic, and why why is it being allowed, I suppose? Well, you know, the problem is multifactorial, uh, Cynthia, and, you know, we only see the tip of the iceberg <clears throat> when we talk about Whitney Houston and Heath Ledger on the air. When somebody famous dies, we bring it up for a couple of days, and then we let it go back into the woodwork. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of times we have a difficult time discussing this in the open, and I think people would tend to want to ignore it. Uh, the problem exists on several levels. Uh, in society, I think that we are basically in a, you know, an addicted society to one thing or another. I think almost all of us have addictions. And I think that so many people out there are hiding in the shadows, like I was. So many people can relate to feeling desperate and feeling hopeless, uh, and feeling like they have no other alternative but to try to fill an unfillable hole with drugs, alcohol, or whatever addictions are available. Uh, I don't think there's one simple person or uh, group to blame. I think that doctors sometimes over-prescribe pain pills and sedatives when maybe a less toxic substance or less addictive substance could work equally well. But on the other hand, I think that uh, it, patients also sometimes doctor shop and will often look for you know, doctors who will prescribe these things. And unfortunately, there are too many pill mills out there that will dispense these substances. Um, and um, hopefully that is going to stop soon, hopefully. Well, your book is called As 
sick as our secrets, and you had so many secrets. So let's talk about some of the things that happened to you personally. Okay, you were a physician, but what you don't bring out until or later in the book is that as a child, you had been um, sexually, physically abused by a boy a couple of years older than you that you trusted. And you had buried this, but in reality, this actually probably was coming back to haunt you in different ways. I think there's many people out there who have had similar experiences. Tell us about your experience and how you had to come to grips with this to realize what it was doing to you. Yeah, the experience that I had when I was 12 <clears throat> was something that I buried in my self-conscious for, subconscious for many, many years. I didn't even tell <clears throat> my family about it, my sister, my parents. Uh, didn't know anything about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it stayed with me for many, many years, and I never really did deal with this, uh, unfortunately. And what I did was I buried myself in my work, uh, became a workaholic, and working hard as a doctor is generally rewarded because <laughs> you know the harder you work, the more your patients tend to like you, and the better you know a lot of times you, uh, the more time with you, you spend with patients, the more that you were rewarded for that in different different levels. Uh, so. I buried myself in, in my work and in other activities, so I wouldn't have to think about what happened when I was younger. But inside of me, that secret was that was buried so deeply uh, was was really killing me, like a cancer that was eating away with eating away at me slowly over many many years. And I don't think I realized how bad it was until much later. My coping mechanisms uh, that allowed me to deny this event and, and think that it never occurred, gradually faded. They, they collapsed around me as I got older. Uh, so the things that worked for me earlier no longer did by the time I reached 50. Uh, but this was something that unfortunately happens to so many people and ultimately is a cause a lot of times of, of addiction, of severe depression. It's a source of shame for many people. Uh, unfortunately, as it was for me, and uh, it's something that you just don't want to look at, but it does give you a feeling of of being lost, a feeling of hopelessness when you're young, and unfortunately, that feeling carries over uh, into your adulthood. Um, so your message is that when something of a traumatic nature happens to you at any age, it's so critical to reach out and talk to someone, to, to get some support, because things like this happen to so many people, and the silence is what makes you as sick as your secret. Oh, absolutely, Cynthia. I think the fact that I didn't talk about it allowed this to fester. And a lot of people, unfortunately, are afraid to reach out for help, like I was. I was afraid to tell anybody about my problems. And well, Steve, you know, I want to interject yeah. here. I think that most people who are very successful, such as yourself, or in a high position of power, such as yourself, we are a little afraid to reach out to other people because that means that, gee, my goodness, we're just human. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. that's hard. <laughs> exactly, you know, and as you said earlier, people tend to put doctors on pedestals and expect us to almost be superhuman. And um, you know, admitting your frailties as a doctor is is really you know uh, very very tough. And and unfortunately, doctors do tend to sometimes want to think of themselves as being infallible and uh, at least try to put that front up to people in front of people. Um, and I think uh, that facade. 
did me well for many years, but beneath it, it was crumbling. Beneath that facade, I was crumbling as time went by. Throughout your book, and we're talking to Dr. Stephen Farber, who is the author of As Sick as Our Secrets. He has quotes at the beginning of every chapter, which I'm, I'm a huge quote fan, but many of them are from a book that is one of my favorite books of all times and favorite authors, Saint-Antoine d'Experie, <laughs> Le Petit Prince, yes, The Little Prince, Le Petit Prince. And this book is very special. I just feel that almost every word is just such a, a blessing and inspiration. What was it about the, about these words, this book, that felt so appropriate to you? Because you have chosen exactly the right quote for the right chapter. It, 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 I mean, you, just by reading the quote, I really get what's coming. I think it's, it was very, uh, very, very savvy of you. Well, I think the quotes just fit right into what I was writing. And there's so many things about the book that really I could identify with. And, uh, again, that's something that was totally, um, you know, I try to find quotes for each chapter that would work. And um, But the feelings in that book expressed dramatically exactly how I was feeling in my heart. And so a lot ahead. of times, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I wanted you to finish. I was just going to ask you about this whole court trial that happened because you actually had someone die from drinking cough medicine that you had prescribed for a cold, uh, although you didn't really believe that she was going to drink the cough medicine. But this changed your whole life and was a huge wake-up call. So I, I was going to ask you about this, the whole trial, the scenario, and the way that your book flows through the eyes of the judge and the board and how you really felt because it seemed like throughout it you felt very righteous until you really came to an awakening that you needed help. It was the time that you had to face the you had to face the music. The uh, you know unfortunate episode, the events that occurred <clears throat> around the time of the board hearing or just preceding it were incredibly tragic. And but, you know even going into the board hearing that. Uh, they had regarding my license, I did have a feeling that I was going to get through this, that I was going to maintain my license and go on with my medical practice. I still was in denial that I had a problem, even up to the point of the board hearing. Uh, and it was really through the hearing that I really started becoming humbled and developed some humility. And, I, and the way the book is written was purposefully using the questions of the board to go back to my past and make me think through the things that happened in my life that led up to this point. Uh, what had happened with the young lady who, who died was that I had prescribed <clears throat> a medication called Tessanix, which is a powerful cough medicine that I prescribed to many people before. It has hydrocodone in it, a narcotic, and uh, which is also a cough suppressant. And um, I, she was staying with me. She also was, she was a drug addict, and... Uh, uh, was staying with me, and in all honesty, we did use drugs together. Uh, she, when I was at work, uh, drank the entire bottle of cough medication, and I came home and found her dead. Uh, and that led up to the hearing, which uh, identified the fact that I'd given her a prescription and really uh, showed that I myself was using drugs and that uh, uncovered my past and uh, forced me to come forward with it. And be honest with it and open uh, with it. Uh, but I prescribed the medication that I never should have in retrospect, and I wish I hadn't. Uh, 
Again, I didn't anticipate you drink the whole bottle, but I should have known better. And well, you would only know better because you knew that she was an addict. But in general, doctors prescribe this when someone has a serious cough. However, I think what was so astute, or, you know, so interesting here is that you were a closet addict and you didn't really realize you were an addict and needed help. And this is really part of the purpose of writing your book is to let others know that it doesn't matter who you are, you need to reach out and there is help out there. One thing I found very fascinating through the beginning of the book, you talked about that although you were raised in the, uh, the Jewish religion, you weren't religious or spiritual. You didn't really, God to you was this mean kind of dicta, you know, dictator, all wrathful person. Until you started your recovery and you went through this 12-step program with the emphasis on a higher power, it changed your life. And now you are in a better place because you really have turned everything over to God and you look at God as a different, a different entity, as an all-loving being. Is that correct now? Uh, yes. I think that, uh, you know, in the darkest days of my life, I had no relationship with a higher power at all. I grew up in a, in a religion I really never identified with. And I did, you know, from the Old Testament, my youthful way of, uh, adolescent way of interpreting the Old Testament was that God was a very strict disciplinarian. And, um, <clears throat> after the event that occurred when I was 12 years old, when I was, I was raped by a friend, I was angry at God. I was asking him, how, how could you let this happen? How in the world could this have happened if you're really there for me? So I was really angry with God, and I think that really cemented my feelings about God for many years, unfortunately. And uh, he and I were almost adversaries. But through the darkest days of my life, uh, I, I really I realized that I had no connection with him whatsoever. My, my spiritual journey was very convoluted. I eventually uh, converted to Christianity uh, in my mid-50s. And found that I, as when I was working the 12 steps, there was no burning bush that occurred in my life to make me awaken to God. But what's, what happened was I developed a feeling from working the 12 steps that God was a huge part of my life and had been working in so many ways that I had never realized before. There's so many miracles that, that occurred, uh, throughout my life that I, I just never had realized. And there's there's a blessing in what he did for me. There's a blessing that I'm alive. It's a miracle that I'm still alive right now because I realized that I very easily could have been the one who was in bed uh, lying there dead. You and know, I think reading was- your book, it, it is to me, it's a miracle you're alive as well. And obviously, the the message there is that you were meant to write this book to reach out and help others and to let people know that addiction is a disease. It's not a moral defect. And there is help out there for you that, although it may not be curable, it's a lifelong process, right, of recovery. You're always in recovery. But you can, you can live a full, happy life once you acknowledge it and come out of denial. Well, absolutely. I, th- I think you hit it, you hit the nail on the head with several of the things you said just now, Cynthia. And I <clears throat> encourage people, first of all, to ask for help. My, my book is a way of reaching out to people uh, to help others who are hiding behind closed doors, who are afraid to ask for help, and tell them that there is hope, that people there are people out there who are willing to help them. They don't have to stay in the shadows 
uh, with their the miseries or their you know fighting their demons by themselves, and we all need support. Uh, I think that's critical. Uh, nobody can fight this by themselves. Uh, we all need to have other people along with us. You know, the things that happened to me five or six years ago really may have been the best things that could have happened to me in a lot of ways because they prepared me for what God has in store for me in the future. And I think one of this is through my writing. I'm currently working on another book called Happy, Joyous, and Free, which is in a way it's kind of a sequel Oh, I love that title. That's great. That's really great, especially coming from where you were to now to be happy, joyful, and free. You know, and there's there is freedom in you know in you know in recovery, and I think what I encourage people to do is embrace. This may sound strange, but embrace their addiction, embrace what God has given them, because God has given uh, people an opportunity to change not only their life but the lives of others uh, through their addictions. Now uh, let's you- talk about something that's even more painful. And this is the death of your son, Matt, by suicide only a year ago. It's, it's very, very recent. And I, I really feel that a death of a child has to be the worst, the worst pain that we can ever, ever feel. But with that happening to you after all you've been through, you are in a place now to help not only your patients, but other people live on and know that there, there is healing that's going to be available what happened with Matt? Uh, Matt uh, was a 19-year-old boy who, or young man, who really was very troubled and um, re- refused to get help. I knew that he was having trouble, but he refused to to get help for his problems. Uh, but I knew he was struggling. Uh, unfortunately, I never thought he would take his life. I came home one day and found him hanging uh, in my house, and. Um, and that was uh, that's, that was an image that will be branded in my head for the rest of my life. I will never forget that. Uh, but what I've been, you know, it took me. It's taken me a long time to really cope with this. But you know what it has done for me is it's opened up the opportunity to help other people who have similar have had a similar experience. It's very very difficult to relate to somebody who's gone through this unless you've been there yourself. It's something that is a tra- it's a tragedy that few other people can really understand. So I think I feel that God has given me an opportunity to help other people. And and really, what else? The other aspects of this, Cynthia, that I've come to realize is it's actually made me reevaluate my entire life. The things that happened six years ago uh, pale in comparison to what I saw a year ago, and made me put things in perspective. And it has made me a better father. I have three other children. And it has brought us closer. Uh, we all have had to work through feelings of guilt with this because all of us have wondered if there's something else that we could have done, should we have done to try to see this coming. Uh, and we all have been faced with that, uh, with looking at that uh, and have had to deal with it in our own ways. But we've been there for each other. But I know that God has given me an opportunity here to reach out to people just like he gave me, has given me the opportunity to reach out to people who have problems with addiction. Oh, we're running at the end of the time right now. Well, actually, we're already over, but you're such a delight to speak with. And I think your message of hope is so important because so many of us, and especially at this time of year, have sufferings or hidden secrets. But 
if you have one message to give out to people, what do you want people to know? Uh, the book is As Sick As Our Secrets. The website is sickasoursecrets.com. Our author is Stephen Farber. Leave us, Stephen, with you know a, a final thought, a final a gift of hope, I suppose it would be, the blessing that you have found with this very difficult journey that you've traveled on this road the last few years. I, I think the message that I would tell people is that addiction is not a death sentence. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to change your life for the better and to to change the way your life is, is going and to help other people. Uh, you don't have to continue to live the life that you've led before that's been drowned in misery and despair. There is hope for you to live a productive life, but it does take work. The 12 steps are life-changing uh, and can really help you. Uh, deal with addiction and, li- and live life on life's terms. Uh, expect a miracle. I think that is probably the best phrase I can tell people. Expect a miracle. Uh, there are promises I can give that accompany the 12 steps that will ensure that people can, if they work the program diligently, will live a totally different life of serenity and peace and find that they, their dealings with people and with life in general are in a much better situation. They will find peace and serenity in life by working the 12 steps. There is a solution. It's a simple solution, but it's not necessarily easy. It takes work. Well, and everything that's worth having takes work. Well, I congratulate you on being sober and clean today and working the 12 steps and continuing in your recovery and in helping all the other people out there that you meet to come out of hiding and out of that closet and not to keep secrets because we all have the ability and the responsibility to be healthy. Please visit sickasoursecrets.com. Pick up a copy of the book. Stephen Farber is the author. And as you heard, his follow-up is going to be very happy and joyous. So you'll go from this, from learning how you can get to the depths of desperation to the heights of joy. Stephen, thank you so much for being with us today on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And Keep doing all the good work that you are doing out there. I know it, it was a tough journey, and you were you were meant to do it, though, and you you survived it, and you're thriving. Well, thanks so much for having me, Cynthia. Appreciate it very much. Sickasoursecrets.com, Dr. Stephen Farber. That's the book, As Sick As Our Secrets. Thank you so much, Stephen. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll have a short break and be back for a romp through a winterland garden. I'm Cynthia Bryan, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Back in a bit. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flames that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. 
BeTheStarYouAre.org. Be the lucky star you are. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Guest wrote, the true measure of a person is not how did they die, but how did they live? Not what did they gain, but what were the questions they had of hope? This Christmas, share the gift of hope. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. You can turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. Visit StarStyleProductions.com. Looking for unique, one-of-a-kind gifts for the special woman in your life? The Carmony Collection creates handmade handbags, clutches, candles, and canvases from vintage and recycled fabrics, bangles, and beads. Be eco-friendly and fashionable with prices for all pocketbooks. Visit www.carmonycollection.com. That's Carmony with a K and Collection with a K. Or call 925-785-7827. Be the star you are. You are the the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, it's said that families are like fudge, mostly sweet with a few nuts. I kind of know all about that, coming from a large Italian family and having harvested walnuts for most of my life. I think I do know a few things about uh, about nuts, and at Christmas one of the annual homemade packages we gave to friends and relatives included, included a beautiful display of candied and savory walnuts. Conveyor belts used to take the nuts up to the top of the dehydrator barn in November. And by early December, our personal supply became the focus of my mom's culinary expertise. We'd cook up batches of Rocky Road fudge and persimmon pudding and Italian fruitcakes. And all boasting the ubiquitous walnuts plus apricots, peaches, pears, that we had dried during the summer. Now, be, perhaps because I had spent one or two many summers in the boiling hot cutting fruit shed or maybe culled too many green hulled walnuts, for years I couldn't eat any of our creations. In fact, I often wondered why everyone would rave about this labor-intensive nature-born gifts. And I used to think, hey, why don't we just buy people presents from the Sears and Roebuck catalog like everyone else? You know, Sears and Roebuck in those days was the hot retail source for our rural environment. Well, but in today's cyber speed world, the travise of a farmer seemed very far removed from living in the big city buzz because it's so easy to go online and with the click of a button order anything from anywhere at any price and have it delivered speedily. Yet today, more than ever, homegrown, handmade, and personally crafted gifts are greatly appreciated for the personal attention that goes into each. Not only are from the heart offerings gaining celebrity status, decorating with nature in mind has gained rocket speed momentum. As soon as that last Thanksgiving leftover has been devoured, most of us are concentrating on the December holidays. So we climb into attics, we scour garages, we check the back of our closets, we dig out the ornaments and lights from last year's merriment. And in the midst of our decorating fury, spending time in the garden is probably not at the top of our priority list. Yet, devoting a few hours at the beginning of the month to ho-ho-ho will add some stockings full of joy to your ho-ho-ho. 
So one of your first tasks is to walk around your yard to identify what needs to be done to take your garden in and tuck it in for a long winter's nap. If you have citrus in containers, you want to move the pots to protection, either closer to the house, into a solarium, or put them in the uh, in an unheated garage. If you have frost-tender bushes and plants in the ground, you need to cover them with crop blankets in case of a sudden freeze. And since it's raining this time of year, woods are uh, weeds are already sprouting. And while the ground is soft, but it's not too muddy, it's kind of the perfect time to clean out any of those pesky, weedy plants and cover your ground with mulch. It will deter the future growth. It'll prevent erosion from the downpours. We had a huge downpour in California last week. And fortunately, I had already put down wood chips in my garden because literally, had I not, I probably would have had mudslides because I had so much water coming down the hill that our garage actually flooded with about three inches. But my gardens turned out to be okay. So you want to plant the last of, of the spring bulbs right now, and many are on sale, by the way, and then take inventory of any natural decor that your garden offers to maybe jazz up your holiday festivities. If you grow persimmons or pomegranates, nuts, tangerines, or other citrus, consider boxing them up as gifts for friends or family who aren't gardeners. Bouquets of fragrant narcissus or a bunch of fresh herbs such as rosemary, sage, chives, oregano, and mint tied with a festive ribbon Make useful hostess gifts. Cut branches from pines, from firs, juniper, redwoods, or other conifers to swag your staircases and doors with fresh garlands. And whether you have hot cider on the stove or gingerbread cookies baking in the oven or chestnuts roasting over the fire or even dried orange slices hanging on the tree, the aromas of the holidays are heaven sent. So you can be a style setter by bringing in the berries. There are all kinds of berries out there today. There are cotton nester and pyrocanth and pistache and holly. And if you have not been deadheading your rose bushes, you can cut the rose hips to add to your mantle arrangement along with your collection of old vintage or handmade ornaments. Even magnolia um, cones and leaves are great. So no matter how pretty your front entrance is year-round, December is the month to like punch it up just a little bit more with some lush interruptions of seasonal greens and sparkle. If you have any gourds or pumpkins left over from the fall, I spray paint mine like gold, silver, and bronze. And then you can embellish your winter wonderland with decorative birds, with nests, with angels, with jewels, or with feathers. You can layer baskets with moss. I have moss growing on my brick. I can just dig it out and put it in a basket. I have a lot of real mushrooms, and I can create like little mini woodland scenes. And you welcome visitors with trees glittering with lights and unbreakable ornaments that would really exhibit your personality. Of course, for me, I have a lot of stars. (laughs) So celebrate this season of wonder and magic with botanical themes that echo your love of nature. Bake a batch of fudge with nuts as well as a couple of fruit cakes using produce from your garden. And be thankful for the love and charm of family, nuts and all. So remember that when Christmas waves a magic wand over the world, behold, everything is softer and more beautiful. 
and that was Norman Vincent Peale that said that. I know that every December my family looks forward to gathering on our ranch where my mom, brother, nephew decorate an acre of land with thousands of twinkling lights and every imaginable Christmas scene. And since I was a little girl, this was the wonder and the miracles that my parents weaved for us so that it would ensure that Santa and his reindeer would find their way to our remote wilderness hideaway. So the holidays are special because of family traditions and imagination overload. So hopefully this year has been a year of exploring, experimenting, and experiencing. And we hope that you pamper yourselves, your family, and your guests with a dazzling, sparkling season of light, love, and laughter. Green your spirit. This is your passport to your outdoor pleasure, your purpose, and your passion. Well, thank you so much for joining us today here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Make sure that you're tuned in to World Talk Radio every week with Heather Brittany and myself and all the great authors that we bring you from the round the world. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style or to purchase any of my books, visit StarStyleProductions.com or call 925-377-STAR. Still have time to get them to you during the holidays. If uh, you want to make a great holiday gift, make a donation to Be The Star You Are charity, tax deductible, and you'll be helping the hurricane victims. BTSYA.org or be the star you are.org. And until next week when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. This is Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany for Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We thank you and we encourage you. Go out into the world and shine your light and be the star you are. We'll play next week. Happy holidays. Thank you for tuning in every week for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Our goal is to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to reach for the stars and shine brightly. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. You're invited to our power party next week and every week right here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel with the dynamic duo, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, our health hero, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers on the planet. We'll pour more champagne for the spirit with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until we play again, be the star you are. You are.